0: Would you again turn in your Bible, please, to Revelation, chapter 5. This is great music, Sunday. And we have been praising the Lord in song. And it's so scriptural to do that. The Word of God is resplendent with the themes of praise over and over and over again. The Scripture brings praise and calls on the people of God to praise Him. In Revelation chapters four and five, there are two. There are five wonderful songs, and I want to give them to you. And I hope you'll mark them in your Bible. Revelation chapters four and five. The first one. Is in chapter four, verses eight and nine. And the four living creatures had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. But this is praised by the living creatures of heaven. Praise the Jehovah Elohim for His holiness, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We received that song that we often sing from that verse of Scripture. And all the living creatures of heaven are singing that to the Lamb and to the Lord God. The second song is in verses 10 and 11. The four and twenty elders fell down before Him that was seated on the throne. And worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now, these are the four and twenty elders, symbolic of the twelve tribes of Israel, the leaders of each of those tribes and the Twelve Apostles of the Lamb and they praise the Creator for His greatness in creating. We sing a song, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds Thy hands have made. Then sings my soul, my Savior, God to Thee, how great Thou art. A song of praise to the greatness of God who created all things who placed the stars, the moon, the sun, the constellations in their places, and who asks for the praise of our lives. The third song is found in verses 8 to 10. Dr. Bob Stevenson read that to us a moment ago and we'll come back to it in just a moment. The fourth song in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 5, and I beheld And I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Notice that in heaven the angels join in this great oratorio. The living creatures are there the 4 and 20 elders, 10,000 times 10,000, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. All of heaven is praising the King of kings and Lord of lords who reigns forever and ever. The fifth song is in verses 13 and 14. And every creature that is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that in them are, heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and the four living creatures said amen and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever everything in creation joined together in praising the Lord all the redeemed were there all the angels were there all the heavenly created beings were there everything in earth Everything in heaven and, listen to this, everything under the earth. According to Philippians chapter 2, there is coming a day when every tongue shall confess and every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. That is, all the realm of hell shall rise up to say, we were wrong. We were wrong. He is king, but it will be too late for them forever and forever. They'll have to live with that memory all through the eternal ages forever and ever. They'll know that God is King. They'll know that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. They will know that He is worthy of our praise and yet they rejected Him and they said no to the King and forever they will be lost. Now let's return to the third song for just a moment and look at verses 9, 10, and 11. And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for Thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God a kingdom of priests, or a kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. I want you to notice there are four stanzas to that song. Now this is a song of the redeemed. If you're saved today, when you get to heaven, you will join with the redeemed of all the ages in singing this song. You see, chapters 4 and 5 are prophetic. Beginning in chapter 4, we have the rapture of the church, and we're called to be up with the Lord in God's heaven. If Jesus should come today, chapter 4, verse 1, would be fulfilled. And we would hear the voice saying, come up hither. And the first thing we would see, were all, would be all the hosts of heaven praising the King. And then the redeemed of all the ages would join them in chapter 5 verses 9, 10, and 11. And here are the four stanzas of the song we would sing. I don't like to leave stanzas out of a hymn. I wish when we sing, we'd sing all the stanzas that are in the song. Sometimes we leave them out. These four stanzas are exceedingly important. Will you notice them? Number one. Verse 9, Thou art worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. The first thing we will sing in glory is the worthiness of the Lamb. A little while ago the choir sang, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive riches and wisdom and power and honor. And that's the sentiment of every born-again, blood-bought, redeemed sinner, Thou art worthy. When we get to heaven, we're not going to talk about how good we were or how many good things we did in the earth, or how we preached or taught Sunday school or drove a bus or did all those things, we will come in the presence of the King, I think with our heads bowed and our hands over our heart, and we'll sing, Thou art worthy. It was Jesus. He's the one that is worthy. It is good for us to encourage one another here. I think that's one of the great sins of our lives, ingratitude, lack of encouragement, failure to express to others our appreciation. But dear friend, all glory and honor must go to the Lamb because He alone is worthy. The second stanza, notice in verse 9, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It's a song of redemption. We sing the song sometimes, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed and I'm happy in Jesus, His child and forever I am. Redeemed, that's the song of the redeemed. If you have been born into the family of God, if there's been a time in your life when you've said, Lord, I need you, I invite you to come into my heart, I'm a sinner, Christ is the Savior, I know that He died on the cross for me, He was buried. Three days later, he was raised from the grave. He's alive today, and I invite the living Savior to come into my heart and cleanse me and forgive me. Then, beloved, you're part of God's redeemed family, and you'll be singing the second stanza, talking to Jesus, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to to God by thy blood. There is power in the blood. Earlier in Sunday school today, Our class sang, there's power in the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood, in the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. You see, to become a Christian does not mean that you subscribe to a certain dogma, or you say, well, I'll believe what the Baptists believe or I'll believe what the Catholics believe, or I'll believe what the Church of Christ believes, or I'll believe what the Methodists believe or some other group. To become a Christian means that you come as a sinner, recognizing you have nothing good within you to justify you before God. And you come pleading the blood and recognize that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is the only remedy for sin. And when you apply that blood by, by faith, and He forgives you, and He cleanses you, and you become part of the family of God. The third stanza, look at verse 10, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. Perhaps a better translation of that would be, has made us unto our God a kingdom of priests. In other words, we have a staggering responsibility. You say, you see, we were saved not just as a fire insurance policy against hell. We were saved to pass the message on to someone else. We are a kingdom of priests. Now, what is a priest's responsibility? A priest represents the people to God and represents God to the people. Every born-again believer is a priest. That's the reason in Baptist churches and Bible-believing churches we don't call the minister a priest. There would be nothing wrong with calling him a priest if we called every deacon a priest, and every choir member a priest, and every Sunday school teacher a priest, and every little child a priest, and everybody that's been saved a priest. Because everyone that is born into the family of God is a priest unto God. That's that third stanza of that great hymn of the redeemed. You have been made a priest unto God. Well, you say, so what? What does that mean? That means that you need to go to God from time to time and bear before God the burden of the people of the earth. And that's prayer, intercessory prayer. That's what a priest did. He went before God with the burden of the people. Those priests in the Old Testament bore in their breast the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. And when they would go into the presence of God, those names would be symbolic that they were representing before God all the needs in the lives of those dear people who were precious to God. You and I are priests under God, and it is our responsibility to go before God in behalf of the world who does not know the Lord. Did you know as we meet here today, three fourths of the population of the earth do not know Jesus? they don't know God and as a priest we have a a staggering responsibility to go to God in their behalf and then listen God wants us to go to the people in his behalf he wants us to go out and gossip the gospel he wants us to go out and tell people I have good news for you I've read in a book there's life for a look And Jesus will make you anew and as we go somebody will believe a little child here a teenager here a young adult here an old man or woman here somebody will believe the last page of the book of Acts tells us some believed and some believed not that did not stop the Apostles they kept on going when you go over at the school, over at the factory, over at the place of work, wherever you go. Some will believe, and some will believe not, but we're under the terrific responsibility to go and carry that glorious message of Jesus, telling them that God loves them. Now God wants us to go to Africa, and Japan, and China, and Russia and the Eastern European countries, and South America, and the South Sea Islands, and all around the world. And you say, well, how can I do that? We do that by giving to God the tithe. And when we place the tithe on the altar in the offering plate before God, we're saying, Lord, this represents my life. I'm a priest under God and I, in behalf of God, I want to give my tithe so that some of that money can go to send missionaries around the world. Some of that money can help spread the Gospel in Warren County, in the state of Kentucky, in the United States. Some of that money can help build a strong home base here from which the Gospel can be sounded out. And so everyone who is a priest. It means every boy over there, every girl, every boy and girl who has been saved. Every young adult, every teenager, every old adult, every one of us, there is no exception. Every one of us as a priest has a staggering responsibility to place before God his tithe, his life, his time, his talents, and say, Lord, I will be the priest under God that you want me to be. Last of all, the fourth stanza. There's something better to come. You see, his first three stanzas dealt with what happened while we were on the earth. We're praising God who is worthy. We're talking about the Lamb that was slain. That all happened on the earth. We're talking about God making us priests unto the Lord. But last of all, that great stanza—it's as if all heaven breaks out and says, "There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar." For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, but we've now arrived. We're home with the Lord and we shall reign with Him forever and forever. Beloved, you're on the winning side. Truth will not always be on the scaffold and right on the wrong on the throne. It will not always be like that. There's coming a day when we will reign with the Lord. And all that now seems so mysterious will be bright as the day. The toils of the road will seem nothing when we get to the end of the way. It will seem as nothing to say, Lord, I know when I got saved, you wanted me to be baptized. That was such a little thing, I was glad to do it. Lord, when I got saved, you wanted me to be faithful in studying your word and going to your house. That was such a little thing, I'm glad I got to do it. Lord, when I got saved, I know you wanted me to share the gospel with other people here and around the world. And Lord, I'm so glad you gave me that opportunity to do it. Have you ever come to a point in your life where you looked back and said, I wish I could change some things that happened in years gone by, or months gone by, or days gone by? I wish I could change some things. Well, beloved, we're still in the earth, and we have time to change some things. Some in this room have never been saved. Why not right now reach out and say, Lord, I want you. I want to receive you as my Savior. Some in this room have been saved but have never followed the Lord in obedient baptism. It's not too late. While it's still today, why not reach out and say, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to follow you in believer's baptism. There's some who have been saved and have been baptized but are not really walking close to Jesus. You've not been reading the Bible. Maybe you haven't been faithful to church. You haven't been giving your tithes and offerings to the Lord. You haven't been obeying Him. There's still time. Let's start doing it. There's some whose membership is off in some other church, and God wants you at Glendale. What a glorious day to take care of that matter and walk down this aisle and say, I'm going to become part of this fellowship and serve the Lord, for we're gonna reign on the earth and I want to go into God's presence having done what God told my heart to do. Let's bow together in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Our Father, we thank Thee for the, the great music and praise that has gone on in this place today. Just a, just a reminder, an earthly reminder of what we're going to be doing in heaven. And We pray that somebody's heart has been stirred that someone will come by faith and trust Christ as Savior. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, please. And will you turn your hymn book to page 312, 312, come every soul by sin oppressed, there's mercy with the Lord. I want to ask that no one leave during the singing of this hymn. This is God's invitation. Do not leave the auditorium. Just stay right here. This is God's invitation to you. If you must leave, you really should leave before the message begins. Try not to leave during this invitation. This is a sacred time. This is the most important time. Now as God speaks to your heart, will you let him have his way with you right now? God help you to do it. Will you come and put your trust in Jesus and just say, I want to put my life on the line for the Lord and do what God wants me to do. There are some others that ought to come and say, I've been saved, but I have not obeyed the Lord in baptism, and I want to do that. I want to get that part settled. There are some who need a church home, and you ought to come today, do what God's Holy Spirit tells you to do. While we begin to sing, will you step out for the King, Christ Jesus? God help you to do it.